Sarah Hartung has been a registered dietitian for almost 30 years and is passionate about food and fitness. She's worked in a variety of settings, including academic, clinical, corporate, and wellness. In all of these positions, she educated and inspired others to practice healthier habits through their minds, muscles, and their mouths. After 18 years of running her own wellness company in the bustling city of Boston, Laura permanently moved back to Ohio in 2019 to help her 92-year-old father. There, she also worked at Lifetime Fitness in Beachwood, Ohio as a registered dietitian, a group exercise instructor, and personal trainer. Pre-pandemic, Laura was traveling the globe to experience firsthand the teachings of Dan Buettner. He has written numerous books about the Blue Zones, the five areas of the world where people live and thrive to 100 years of age and beyond. She's been to three of the five Blue Zones. Laura has also lived on the Big Island, Hawaii, where she worked at Kalani, a yoga and wellness retreat center, and one of the Blue Zone approved states. Currently, Laura is back to presenting wellness webinars and cooking demonstrations virtually. She's excited to present Global Blueprint for Health and Longevity to several companies this month. Laura is currently developing an online 12-week nutrition course for those looking to transform their lives through food, fitness, and fun. Laura is my original nutrition mentor, believe it or not. I've known her and learned from her for over a decade, and I am so excited to introduce her to you today. Well, Nikki, thanks for having me. This is exciting for me as well as this is my first ever podcast. So, you know, it comes full circle and my credentials. Well, you know, we I am a registered dietitian, as we both are, and I'm a licensed dietitian here in Ohio, as well as um, I have my LLC and I have a master's degree in nutrition dietetics. I'm just so glad to be here today to share and to continue to share my knowledge. So. I remember you telling me about that when we first met, and I thought it was so amazing. And you were an athlete in college as well. Tell me about that. Oh, sure. Well, uh, I threw I threw javelin, and I also um, ran track. And I got that's a part- so funny. Yeah. I love javelin throwing. That's <laughs> that's rare when people do that. It's a really fun, talented. You know, you have to have a lot of muscle to do the javelin yeah. throwing. Well, it's, and it's a lot of technique. It's a lot of, of the hip and, and just in the torque. And it came by accident because I actually had an injury my freshman year. And then my, my coach said, you're strong, Laura, try, try throwing the javelin. And I actually broke the school record one year. I didn't, I still don't, I don't hold wow. that record now, but it was, it was great to be part of a, uh, you know, a part of collegiate athletics, um, Akron university at the time or university at the time. Uh, we, we had a great, we had a, a great group of athletes and, and I still keep in touch with a lot of them today. I didn't know you were a record breaker, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. There's many, many things, many, many hidden talents, Nikki. Oh, Nicole. I know. I learn about them all the time. And, you know, you're one of the people who I, I look up to the most in your connectedness. You stay connected with friends from, you know, college and high school and work and your interns, which I'm one of them. So obviously we stay connected. You've had many interns and you've also traveled all over the world and met people I know in Hawaii and Japan and all kinds of different places. And I, w- I want our listeners to hear about these different cultures and, and how you've really taught me and your audience. You have a lot of fans out there um, and clients and people you educate about the, the reason why people get up in the morning and the reason why people are healthy and, you know, become centenarians even um, so tell me a little bit about your travels and what, what kind of got you into that in the first place? 
Well, that I'll tell you, my my spirit for adventure started when I was just a child because uh, my parents, they we spent our summers in Canada and we they were always outside the box when it came to food because we weren't allowed to have sugar sweetened cereals. Uh, we, we only had could have McDonald's when we were uh, on special occasions like going to Canada. Uh, we my my mom and make blueberry pancakes up on the island in um, in Georgian Bay, Canada. We had a, a, a great uncle that introduced us to venison um, at, an, at an early age and in the mountains of PA. And so that adventurous spirit for food and the love of food, my love of food really came from my parents. I mean, both my parents were teachers and we would sit around at mealtime and, and talk about the day's events, but we'd always have we don't, you know, food was always important. Like, what are you hungry? What are you going to eat here? Eat this. My dad was saying here, eat a root, eat, eat this rutabaga, eat this turnip. I mean, he loves sardines. My father was into uh, a- uh, apple cider vinegar, garlic and honey 35 years before the time. And so I think I, I think I, we grew up, we grew up outside the box. He was making my mom eat and eat mackerel when, when I was still in her womb. So, wow. And used, yeah. And they used to make salmon patties. I, I mean, now I love salmon patties. You know, we make, I make them all the time. So my, my love of food, um, it was love, you know, my love because my parents, you know, to, to nourish you is to love you is to care. And yes. then, you know, so it was just, uh, it just something that we always, it was always important to have good food. We, we catch our fish up in Canada and I know how to, to skin a fish. I know how to, to bait the hook, to catch the bait. And, you know, it just, it just, it, it blossomed from there, you know, and then grad school and college opening me up to people from Iran and we used to, you know, I, I, I had sheep's brains and, and we'd have shish kebab and, you know, I actually got, to what know did the Iranian sheep brain people. taste like? You know what? It was so soft and it was really delicious. It was, um, it had a really mild flavor. It didn't taste like chicken. Right. Your, your parents really set the tone for you to know where you're from, to value it and to constantly experiment. And it really paid off because I know you, I know you guys can't see Laura's face right now, but she has the whitest eyes I've ever seen. And I've spent time with her um, traveling and, you know, just hanging out by a lake and like that. And she'll bring with her a Ziploc bag full of parsley and lemon and peppers and, pack cans of sardines and you know what it works it's you know it's a lot cheaper than the internet supplements we don't know what's in those but we do know what's in herbs and spices and canned goods so really you know laura is the example of what works and well, her dad is 92, by the way, and he keeps her going. That's how she burns oh my, all those calories chasing oh my him around. He does. I, he was on the tractor again today, and I had to, like, stand outside by, you know, because the spark – he he cleaned the spark plugs, but then he had to go get new ones. But I have to, you know, be there because he's unstable on the ground, but watch out on the tractor. I mean, he's crazy. I can't believe so. your 92-year-old dad is out driving a tractor well, it's, a, it, it's a lawnmower it's like a riding mower tractor but it's still a tractor so i, yeah, I saw the videos Sardin- on your instagram they're hilarious oh my gosh <laughs> oh he's hilarious yeah and, and he he's the they you know he's the one that got me to to love sardines i mean i didn't love them but i remember even when 20 years ago when i first came to boston i remember i had an interview and i also i found um dr Paracone's facelift diet and it called for salmon and greens and like and then it talked about the, you know the importance of omega 3s and mm-hmm. i'm like wow you know I, I i've been running with that ever since and i tell you food is food can be your medicine it is dem- the demise of so many but the right food really can make your skin more supple and it, it's good for your heart your brain your muscles your mood i mean you name it you know, food is, I mean, I love food. You know, some people uh, don't have a love of food. Like it's, that's why it's hard for me to, 
Right. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. I, I, I love food. I love food. And I was let me, say it's hard let me ask you a question because yeah. I hear this question all the time and yeah. I want to know your mm-hmm. dad's secret. Yeah. How did he get you to love, you know, food that today kids have a hard time with? How, what did he say to you? How did he present it to you? What was the vibe he gave you about <laughs> these delicious, healthy foods that, you know, make give you your amazing look today and your energy and your just happiness about food. What did he do? Here, eat this. He'll be he'll like <laughs> he'll like he'll like he'll say, "Here, eat this." Here, Susie, like you give it to my mom. Here, Susie, eat this. Here, Heidi, eat this. Here, it was this. his so, love language. Yeah, just I mean, he, really, and even today, he's like, you know, he's going to bed, and I'm tucking him in. He's like. Uh, what are we going to have for, what are we going to have tomorrow? I'm like, dad, we're, I don't know. You know, like I'm still full from, you know, and he's like, he gets up in the morning and like today he's like, when are you going to make that fish? When are you going to make that fish? I'm like, Oh dad, we're oh, don't worry. We're, I'm going to make it. You know? So mm-hmm. I just, I just think just by example and like, we all just went with it. You know, he was a very influential man in my life, you know, and still is, I mean, this is not normal Absolutely. For me to be back here. It's, you know, this is not a normal, I mean, I'm back in Ohio it, it works though. Believe me, it's not always easy. And I'm, but I'll tell you, I, I, I look back and now, you know, I have an appreciation for so much because of my parents. And, you know, another interesting fact is my, my, my father, my grandfather, my mom's father, he was an engineer. He went to Purdue and he had Piquamillan company and he, we would get wow. you know, flour and cornmeal. And they also had a dairy farm and we would sometimes get, you know, some of the meat and, but they, we still have those farms today. Uh, we don't run them, but we knew where, our, our, you know, like talk about knowing where your your meat and your grains come from. We knew. And so that was just uh, that's another aspect. You know, we would we would look at, you know, we would visit the farms once in a while because they're down in Piqua, Ohio. Well, a little further uh, south of that. But, you know, so I think they're just food and um, sustainability. I mean, that's been even today, you know, we, my dad is always, he wants to know, you know, what's local, what's, what's seasonal, what's on special. And, you know, I learned a lot from him and, and my mom, my, my mom just loved that. He loved to cook. So she's like, Oh, let him cook. I love it. Well, you know, that is really special. And that really tells us a lot about what works in mm. the home and the family dynamic, but you haven't always been in Ohio. You've been to so many places. You've lived yeah. in other other states and right. you've been to mm. all these other countries that are so interest- interesting and known for their healthy lifestyles. So <laughs> which country or state or place that you've been stands out the most to you and why why would you pick this place that I know you're thinking of mm. right now? Oh, well, well, I mean, speaking of Ohio, I mean, I left Ohio in 92. <laughs> I left Ohio right. right after grad school, went to the Carolinas, North, South Carolina, North Carolina. Then I lived in Boston. Then I lived in Hawaii. I mean, you know, talk about Hawaii. Tell me about Hawaii. I oh, want to hear about wow. that. Well, Hawaii, you know, and in 2016, um, you know, this was after my mom passed, you know, like we all go through mm-hmm. some hard times and there was also an opportunity that didn't happen. I was actually in the running to go on master chef and it was a formal. I remember that. Yes. It was, a. we met with producers one time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really a long process. And at the end I didn't make it. And it was kind of like a, you know, a stab to the heart, but I found Kalani and uh, cause I was searching for wellness abroad and it took, took me to this yoga and wellness retreat center in on the big island Hawaii and I didn't really know much about it but I'm like I got to get out I got to get out of here I got to go there and I actually I did a volunteer program so I I had room and board and I worked you know I, I worked in the kitchen with the the chefs and we helped make the meals for the staff the faculty 70% of all our food was sustainable it was grown on the island and all of our fruit was and this campus was amazing. I mean, the Big Island is a really rugged place. It spits a lot of people out. It's not easy. It's they have blister bug beetles that bite you, and yeah, you know, I mean, like oh, in, in the rock. I mean, 
you know, but it, it was an amazing, it really challenged me in a different way. And I grew as a person and I'd love to go back there. I mean, I actually went back again in 2017. Um, but I really uh, met so many people f- from Okinawa, Japan, which is one of the blue zones. I mean, I met right. people from Sweden, from, from um, hung- Hungary, hung- uh, from um, Slovakia. I mean, you name it. There was just just it was it was a global presence on on that island and i actually became the volunteer um they they hired me to be the to to be the uh social director for the volunteers can you imagine that they're like laura we want to know do you want to do that and i'm like yeah and so you can do anything so i'm not surprised (laughs) well almost i mean you know what It, it was amazing that i was able to really uh, a grow and share and do a lot. I utilize a lot of my talents and I, that I forgot I had, you know, it kind of gave me some of my power back. Um, I mean, right now I'm not really out there, you know, doing all that I want, but this, this is where I should be right now. But, you know, I have pre pandemic, I was traveling around. I mean, I love Hawaii. I want to go back to the big Island someday. And, but you know, they just had an earthquake. They have, they had a big volcano in 2018, a big, um, they had an eruption of the volcano in 2018. They had to close the campus. And so, you know, it, it's that's it's a not, lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So someday I will be back. But uh, at least but you mentioned they they grow a lot of their own food on the island that they eat. Oh, How, yes. Why don't we do that here? There's so much travel involved with our food yeah. these days. What did they do that worked? Well, well, the thing is, the climate was one thing, you know, I mean, they have a growing season and there's a lot of native native uh, plants on the island that, you know, we had coconuts, we had papaya, um, pineapple. uh, You're making me um, hungry. I love all of these. Yeah. Oh, avocado. You should have seen the avocados. They I mean, we harvest these. These things were so huge. And so meaty wow. and, and, and just, and also I, I like right now, I'm not a big meat eater, like, uh, you know, four-legged creature eater. But when I was mm-hmm. at, in, in Kalani, they had, they had these hogs that were, they were like pigs, but they were, they were, they were, I don't know if they were crossed between wild, but they, they really rain, they roamed, they were free, you know, they were roaming freely. And I mean, I did have some of that, um, that was, that was you know, it's, it was farmed differently, you know, it was humane, but you know, when you, when the more Westernized, the more developed, the more industrialized, you know, you have these feedlots, but that's a whole nother story. So, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, but I'm a plant forward omnivore. And I think that we all need to eat less animal products and more and more plant sources of vegetable, uh, plant sources of protein and plant sources altogether. So I agree with that. I think you're onto something there. And I know you've done extensive research on this topic. So, and I can vouch for you. I see your, you know, your newsletter that you send out via email and you have this amazing website with your resources of your recipes and you really get people thinking about where their food comes from and how it affects them and how it, keeps them connected to other people I know people tell me all the time I I just read Laura's newsletter it inspired me to eat more vegetables Um, or I heard Laura say that I should drink tequila instead of beer and I don't know. Remember that time we were in Mexico and you kept telling everyone you were going to write a book about why tequila is the best. And maybe we were drinking tequila at the time. I'm not sure. But well, we were we were at that tasting. You remember they had the free tastings and oh boy. Yes, there's a lot of that in Mexico. Oh, Oh, yes. But there's a reason behind it. And this does come up a lot. And when I talk to clients and, and patients, which alcohol is better for me and you know the mm-hmm. reasoning behind the tequila whether i mean i know you you knew why it was better because it doesn't um, affect your blood sugar as much as a grain alcohol would and most alcohol comes from a grain right but the newest research you know this is another avenue that you know i'm not i'm not touting the 
benefits of alcohol like I used to because I just listened to a podcast with Joan Salzay Blake and then a um a, a, you know at a BU and also mm-hmm. she had a doctor who is a he I forget his name but it was it's this is real time information about the pandemic and that right the fact that alcohol you know 14 percent increase in alcohol during the pandemic and alcohol is not not a way not a way to handle stress and the and the, no it so, causes more stress well it does and and 40 percent the the binge drinking in women um increased 40 percent that's four or more drinks and there was more er cases cirrhosis of the liver and this is real time so you know and, and also the the um the health benefits of, of alcohol are beginning to collapse, even though, you know, I, I'm always like, Oh, wine, because, you know, I I went to Italy and I'm going back to Italy next year and the Sardinians drink wine. I mean, it's not excessive. So I do have to, that, you know, that's, that's the darker side of drinking that I do have to mention because. Right. That's important. Yeah. And a new statistic about, I mean, just about seven different kinds of cancers that, you know, more alcohol you have, you can, you're at risk and, and he mentioned that 15% of all, um, 15% of all uh, uh, breast cancer cases are caused by 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 alcohol consumption, and that's a huge number. And that I mean that was a definitive wow. And that was in 20 from and th- this was a real time. The podcast was in 2021, and this doctor, uh, Jerry, I, I forget his name, and I really I need to. Um, We'll find it and I can put it in the show notes so people can see this research that you're referencing. Right. Because you can listen to the podcast because I think it's important to know, like, if we have bad habits or if we think sometimes we have to look back and we have to say, hey, you know, is this behavior really helping me? Because we know alcohol is a depressant and it affects mm-hmm. your your mood the next day. And I'll tell you, I had a little bit of a problem. I mean, you know, I was drinking a little too much wine over over the winter, you know, so, you know, I, I so think I, everyone can relate to that. Yeah. It's so easy because it's so socially accepted. Right. But, you know, I had this friend who worked in public health and she was trying to make a difference in health education in um, Kenya. And they were kind of like, look, lady, I get what you're trying to do, but telling us to change our habits here is like us coming to Boston, Massachusetts and telling everyone to stop drinking alcohol because people die and people mm-hmm. gain weight and people become aggressive um, and there's domestic violence involved and it changes the cells, our cell structure. It, it's a toxin. So, you know, we do have to bring it up and think about what role it plays in our lives, whether it's, um, you know, and I'll bring up my dad, I, I'm trying to get him to recognize this as well. He grew up in Europe. So it's very socially acceptable in his point of view. But I'll say things like, okay, well, you know, if you decrease the booze, um, you'll feel better. And he's like, okay, so, um, but the, but wine and beer, are not booze, right? <laughs> and right, I, yeah. I shake my head and, mm-hmm. you know, it really, it's not a joke. What Laura is saying is yeah. legitimate. And, and I work with cancer patients every day. Yeah. Um, and I do emphasize, you know, alcohol is seven calories per gram, which is closer to fat than carbohydrates. Um, a lot of people think, beer is carbohydrates, but alcohol is a totally different chemical structure and it gets metabolized in a completely different way than um, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. So we do have to keep this in mind and we do need to let everyone know about it because we all want to feel better after this two years of isolation Mm -hmm. and not knowing what's going on and wanting to play with our friends and go outside and know what to expect. And it is okay to drink once in a while, but we need to know the facts and we need to, you know, balance our lives. Right. Right. And, you know, especially with the, the young people today, cause there's still teenage male drinking has gone down, but teenage girls have been, they've been drinking more and, Alcohol, these alcohol companies are marketing towards women. And mm-hmm. that's what's sad. And still and moms, 
you well, know, here's that's my mom juice. Right. And that's the whole thing. That's why it affected this pandemic really stressed. It brought us to, to mothers at home. They had to, you know, that that's why we see that 40% increase. So, you know, I mean, and cirrhosis of the liver was already on the rise, uh, you know, pre pandemic in 2018, 2016. And, and the biggest age group uh, was 25 to 34 year olds. So we, you know, and it's been, wow. it's like wallpaper, like alcohol consumption, you know, and, and the fact that they didn't, they made that, you know, they kept the, uh, uh, the uh, liquor stores open because, well, you know what? Right. It was doctor. deemed essential. I, and why was that? Who made that well, decision? Well, you know what? I found the guy's name, Dr. Jerrigan, David Jerrigan. He is actually the Global Alcohol Policy Alliance. He's the, the serves on the board, and he's also the advisor to the World Health advisor to the World Health Organization. And he explained it is that fact that that they didn't want to see that the you know government officials and like the whole um, um, healthcare they kept these open the out. The well, liquor stores, it, yeah, the liquor stores because or they the didn't package want to store. See, well, because they didn't want to see an increase when you're like you have the shakes when you're going with alcohol withdrawal. Withdrawal. If, if they were going to see that, and then the hospitals were going to be you know filled up with people you know with alcohol withdrawal and like all those symptoms, then they would have really been screwed because they were helping people with COVID. You know, so that's one of the reasons. Right. That's it. So, that's it. Good Crazy. point. I, I didn't know the reason behind that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, there's so much planning involved. This is such a global issue, this pandemic and all of the cascading effects. But I know in your travels, you've witnessed communities that thrive. Um, and you've been to places like Ikaria, Greece, um, where they take care of each other and they are physically active every day and they put a lot of effort into making their family members know that they're loved. And I don't always see that here in the United States, but I, I've right. done some traveling myself and yeah. it's different. Why do you think that is? Well, I think in some of these countries, uh, like, you know, Ikaria is one of the blue zones. It's one of the areas in the world where people are thriving and without disease, without medication. They're not on supplements. They're not, you know, gym members, but they are connected to their family. When they look at when you're looking at these people who thrive and the elderly are, you know, they're, they're purposeful. OK, so why do why do why don't we take care of our elderly well i think people just get too busy in their everyday lives it's just and they get disconnected and i mean here i am back with my father people get so busy in just conspicuous consumption and what they have to do that sometimes having an elderly parent at home or having to take care of they can't they really can't and in other cultures they don't have nursing homes they don't have a lot of these um you know these they don't have these these old folks home that people go and they spend their life. They, in other cultures, family, you can see great grandmothers with their great grandchildren. They're all connected and they live in the same areas. Like, and so that's, you know, they revere the elderly. It's a little different in, in these other cultures. They don't say, Oh, grandma, go put your feet up and Oh, you know, just rest. They're like, grandma, you know, we, you have decades of experience. Tell us, we, you know, we want to know. And, and it's give just, me some knowledge, grandma. Yeah. It's a little different, but you know, I just, I just, uh, you know, I just think that we can learn from other cultures because they do live sustainably. Some of these places are isolated. Like the people who live the longest, like if you look at the blue zones and this is something right. I've been studying. I mean, Dan Butner worked with national geographic, I mean, he's, it was an eight-year process. He worked with epidemiologists, um, he, all, a whole host of medical profession, professionals, and they looked at where other pockets of, of people who live to 100 are around the world, and they found that there's five areas, and the first was Okinawa. That was the first discovered, and they, they have more women in their 70s that go on to be 100 than any other population in this entire world, and they don't know they don't have a word for retirement. You know, they don't retire. And I love well, that. I yeah. always thought retirement was such an odd concept. 
Yeah, and that's what keeps them going. And when I was there in 2018, uh, it's I, I, I met a 90. She's 96 years old now, Tome. She's wow. a dancer, and she dances with this group. And you have to be 80 to be in part of it. But they fly to Hong Kong. They fly all over. She, We went, and I met her, and she said, I, I'm so busy. I'm always picking up glass. And I, I don't – they were – they were actually um, they had to uh, translate this for me, but I have a, a, a clip on my YouTube and she says, you know, I cook for myself. I, you know, I'm always eating vegetables. She goes, my eyesight's going, but I don't have time to, to let it affect <laughs> me because I'm always moving. And she welcomed yeah. us. You know, she was drinking her herbal tea and she was just amazing. And, you know, she's still dancing. And then I went to another we, we went to this other lady. Her name was Tomake and she was she's 83 now, but she has her own farm um all vegetables are all our own vegetables and then she puts on cooking demos and little she does all the native dishes and she has people come in and she's kind of like a celebrity and she's 80 she's 83 now she said my 50 year old daughter can't even keep up with me and wow. that's the thing yeah and the thing is the millennials and and the and their children and their children's children they don't have that same it's not, it's not a matter of genes, but it's the lifestyle. You know, they're not, they're not, right. they're not moving as much. The computers and yeah. just getting endlessly sucked in. And where does the time go? You don't have time to grow your own vegetables. If you're scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and Facebook yeah. and all the other things, it, it really sucks a lot of time away that we could be, you know, productive and connecting and going outside and I you've just been so good at that one thing you do which involves both is you post on Facebook and Instagram about going outside every day and how good it makes you feel Mm -hmm. and I've read the comments on your posts and people write that you inspire them and you know they might not always interact but they look forward (laughs) to you you know, running through trails and (laughs) rolling around in leaf piles and (laughs) talking to the birds and just enjoying nature. That's what humans are meant to do. And you're you're doing it, Laura. Yeah. Well, it's echo psychology. It's the fact that we really have lost our connection with nature and it's not just visually looking at it. It's being immersed in it. It's hugging trees. I mean, I, I, I hug trees and you get energy from them, but we've lost that. You know, I love to, you know, put my hands in dirt. I love to feel the earth. And, you know, so many kids today don't even, they don't like to get their hands dirty. They don't, they don't even know where their vegetables come from. I mean, I think we pay a price for industrialization. We pay a price for Westernization. I mean, it's, it's brought around wonderful things like with the iPhone. I mean, at least we're connected. It's amazing what we can do right. with social media and like be in touch. Like I can see my friends from Bali, uh, Indonesia, um, you know, Mali, Ma, uh, he, he's in Bali and he's talking to me, you know, live on, on his Instagram feed. And it's, you know, so, I mean, like, that's amazing. I mean, that's the furthest 360 degrees. That's the furthest that you can get from where I am. And it's just amazing how, how technology has connected us, but we also have to know when to let go and to get outside. And you know, that's why, you know, that's why I love traveling to these other cultures. You know, I've traveled to Ikaria, Greece. I mean, that was in 2019 and I went to the Diane Kuchila's cooking school and, and, and we had to go up. It's, it's 30 miles off the Turkish coast. It, we had to take a plane from Athens. Then we had to go an hour up the mountain very rugged to the town. And I'll tell you, the reason these people live so long, like the, the ones who are 80, 90 and hundred, I mean, their children, 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 they don't care. They're not doing the same thing. They're smoking. They're eating more meat. I mean, they learn to be sustainable. They are connected. They move, you know, they're still, some of them are still tending sheep and they're, they're on this mountainous terrain, like just by default, their environment nudges them to move all the time. And it's pretty amazing you know, in uh, Sardinia, Italy, you know, that's, that's a, another isolated island. Then you have um, a Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. I didn't get to get go there yet. Um, and then there's Loma Linda, California. I mean, you, they, you might say, why are these people living longer? I mean, they have the biggest uh, amount of the co- most concentrated sort of uh, most concentrated amount of seven day Adventists. And it's of all different ethnicities. 
And these 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 people in in um, Loma Linda, these Seventh Day Adventists, they live ten to twelve years longer than their North American counterparts. And you might say, why? Well, community. They eat vegetables. They you know they're vegetarians. They're they're not spending their money like they they don't buy cigarettes or alcohol. But they're you know they're growing their own gardens. They eat nuts, but they have. They have community events where they're walking. They're making vegetarian chili. They have their whole community is involved. And, you know, the number one fear of Americans today, you know what that what it is, what especially is it? In, in midlife, running out of money when you get older. OK, that is the yeah. number one fear. And with the Loma Lindas, these these seven day Adventists, they go on to live to 100 and beyond because you know what they start saving and investing and working with financial planners and invest in their 401k and rental property and real estate and when they're you know as soon as they're in their adulthood so that because they know like they know that they're going to live long and they're going to live it out well and that's one thing we can take from that that culture because the other areas of the world who live long they have to by the fault because they rely on each other they're sustainable you know they they rely on their group and so they bond and and that group is everything but we can learn from the from the people in the in the blue zones and i met uh bonita she was 103 and she's like oh and i don't let stress affect me i i i just i just you know send my my worries up to god and and then she's like, and my kids, she's like, I don't drink alcohol, but my kids are trying to get me to drink alcohol. Her <laughs> kids are, her kids are 80. She's like, I'm not going <laughs> to drink. I'm like, so, you know, God bless her, but she, it's just amazing, but they never give up. They never give up. It's really they, a mindset. Well, it, it really is, but they also, you know, they feel connected. They feel purposeful. And that's another thing. Sometimes, you know, why do some, why do some, you know, we have more mid-age mortality these days, you know, people are dying of and having heart attacks in their 40s and their in their 50s in these other cultures in these in the five area the blue zones people have very low mid-age mortality because they don't have the stress it's just a different it's a different upbringing you know and how can we create that right. well, we can because Dan Butner has actually worked with ARP and some health companies and he's gone to nine cities in America and they've actually helped save 5 million dollars cut healthcare costs and they're bringing the blue zone projects to cities in America, like Hilo, Hawaii um, and another school in Hawaii, just in, just in this April is the first like worksite approved school in the, that's a part of the blue zone project. So they work with the children. They have healthy meal options, vegetarian options. They have gardens, but they also work with the staff. You know, they have like, um, boot camps and they have yoga and they have just all kinds of things. It trickles from the top down. So everyone is taken care of. And I think sometimes communities forget that, you know, people are so involved in just their own issues. And I think when you have, you're more of so a- right about that. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've talked to other people about this and you can accomplish, you know, you can get a degree from a really good school. You can get an amazing job with a wonderful salary. Everything's paid for. But if you're all alone and you're disconnected and mm-hmm. you're eating out all the time and, yeah. you know, and maybe drinking every night, it's not healthy. It just right. straight up is not healthy. And it's not, I think it's what we are as American, we're taught to want those things a bigger house a more expensive car more space endless space additional homes but if there's no one else in them and no one cares if you're coming home right and you're not you know expected to have a meal with anyone and and Mm -hmm. make it together and enjoy it and know where your food came from that's a lot of disconnect and i you know and people can people are more um, adaptable than they get credit for. I remember when I was working for AmeriCorps on the border of uh, Mexico in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, it was uh, a lot of dirt everywhere, no shade, very hot every single day. We got up to 117 degrees and it was around 110 most of the time. And I taught kids who, I was actually the, um, one of the wellness coordinators, and I had kindergarten through 12th grade, 
And they already had um, a system set up where they were, the younger kids were growing their own lettuce and carrots. Oh, that's phenomenal. They loved to eat it because they planted it and they made it grow and Mm -hmm. they watched it happen and they felt so connected and so joyful about this food that they made and they'd make, you know, they'd eat it because it was theirs. They owned it. And, and people don't do that. That's so true. Right. It's so sad. They're disconnected. Right. Exactly. They, they really can, but someone like, but the, but the kids have to have a mentor, you know, it's hard for them to do it on their own. Well, you can be their mentor. You're, you're Uh, all over the place now on this podcast. We're going to spread your info around because you (laughs) really have helped so many people. I'll emphasize that people tell me all the time how much you inspire them and, (laughs) you know, continually you're consistent (laughs) about your inspiration and you inspire people you wouldn't expect to inspire. I know Mm -hmm. I, I asked you your, um, your top tips uh, that, that I wanted listeners to be able to take away that are, you know, basic healthy eating tips. Cause we could talk for hours. Oh yeah. Obviously Laura will be back. (laughs) We'll have another, you know, Laura part two, three, four, and we'll keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want the listeners to hear your, your top Laura facts or tips to prepare a healthy meal. People are so exhausted. They don't even know how to prepare, prepare a basic healthy meal anymore. What do you think of when you're preparing a meal? The good thing about the pandemic, it's people have started cooking more. Um, you know, that is a, a, at home so that there's been a, there's an increase in home cooked meals, which is a good thing. I mean, there's still a lot of takeout, but that thing, unfortunately now people were, you know, they were baking a lot and they're making more breads and like cookies and cakes and, but at least they were experimenting. So that's a good mm-hmm. first step because it all starts in your kitchen. How do you prepare a healthy meal? Well, I tell you, you got to keep your pantry and your freezer stocked with essential building blocks of healthy meals. And you might say, well, what is that? Well, if you look in your pantry, you know, you, you should have some, some shelf stable, like brown rice, uh, quinoa, lentil, beans, barley, um, you know, off the top of my head, canned pumpkin, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, white and red potatoes, canned sardines, of course, salmon, mm-hmm. tuna. You got to have your spices, you know, have your spice. But if you've had your spices more than two years, get a throw them out okay if you go get some yeah get some fresh spices you can grow your own herbs and save money exactly spices herbs oats get some broths make sure you have some frozen veggies in stock and fruit of course you know get the frozen veggies without salt in the sauces and get the the fruit without added definitely fish frozen chicken like you got you got to have some essentials first you know keep your your kitchen stock with things that aren't perishable. I mean, of course, some of these things, you, you know, you, frozen items, you, you should use them up in six months, but you got to have them, you know, available because if, you, if you're starting from scratch, that can get expensive. If you have to continue like buy something new. And then number two, you know, this is something that you, people should check out the grocery stores, weekly flyers and look at the specials and seasonal produce. Cause you can get a lot of great seasonal and um, sale item produce that is, you know, it's going to be cheaper and it's going to be more local. And, you know, when it's in season, you know, usually you're getting it cl- from closer to where you live. You know, that's right. important. So that is really know, buy, important. Right. That's and very I, and I always, helpful. Yeah. And I always say buy fresh produce a couple times a week. I mean, I'm here with my father, his social event. He's like, all right, Laura, come on, let's go to the grocery store. Let's go to the grocery store shop at your local farm markets. I mean, this summer was amazing. We had so much fresh produce and you know what? It wasn't all organic, but it was local. And I'd rather have a tomato that was locally grown than one that shipped from California because it's organic. And you know what? Now we're realizing there's, you know, we find there's pesticides in Antarctica and, you know, not everything, you know, not everyone can afford all organic vegetables. And that's one thing I want to really stress. It's like, Hey, get your fruit and vegetables, 
where you can and what you can afford. You know, get get them where you can find them and yeah, what you can make sure you because, make sure you yeah, get them. Yeah, because sometimes people get stressed out because they think it has to all be organic. No, it doesn't. All right. But number three, you always want to try to make half your plate plant based at least. You know, have salads. Yeah. Have you know that that that's a that's a no brainer. And it really is not as hard as people think once you get into the pattern of it. You really, we need to eat more plant-based foods. And the research points that, you know, eating more plant-based is good for our, our, micro, my, my, our microbiome, which is our, you know, our, our viruses, protozoa, bacteria that live in our gut and on our skin. You know, we need to get our, our, pre uh, our prebiotics from more fibrous fruits and vegetables. You know, we aren't eating enough fiber. 95% of Americans aren't eating enough fiber. So that's wow, ninety five percent. That is ninety. I believe it. And it's really. And how do you do it? And Laura means more... real fiber, not yeah, supplements. Yeah, I'm not, it yeah. needs to be the real stuff because stuff it that is you different. Have to chew, stuff that you have to chew, and then you drink water, and then you have to then you poop it out. You know, like people say, I want to go. I want to detox. You know, that's like, your detox right I there. Do, what can I do to detox? First of all, number one, eat your cruciferous veggies. Eat your you know, your broccoli, your cauliflower, your cabbage, your kale, eat your, eat, eat more veggies. Number two, drink enough water, hydrate, right? At least half your body fluid ounces. Number three, get your sweat on. All right. You know, where, how can we detox through our skin, our organs, our, our kidneys, you know, make sure. You, and then, you know, your GI tract, make sure you have daily bowel movements. Right. And then make sure you get enough sleep seven to nine hours. Like, People ask me, oh, I want to go on a detox program. I want, I'm like, here are five tips to detox. Yeah. Do those tip, tips, people. All right. I mean, come on. And there's so much, all those supplements out there and the things they are not regulated by the FDA. We don't always know what we're getting. And it's cheaper if you can we just don't. invest in your food, whole foods first, right? And it works and it helps you sleep and it helps you feel better and it helps you de-stress. Oh, it and sure does. Yeah. And there's nothing like it. We, you know, the, the reason why we keep looking for the next detox and the next cleanse and the next diet is because we have this, there's a human need for novelty. I've been talking to my patients about this a lot lately because it keeps coming up. What's the new next thing mm -hmm. I can do? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do I translate this so that people mm -hmm. can feel the thing that they're doing that they already know works like eating more veggies is the new sexy trendy thing to do mm. you know buy new plates get a new tablecloth put some music That's on right. you know you can make it new and trendy and sexy and in other ways the new thing is not is not probably not what's going to work it's what we know has always worked and we we need what has always worked change your environment and be friends with people who think the same way because other people affect what you eat and how oh, active yeah. you are. Right. And, and Laura has so many tips and mm -hmm. so much good feedback about her, her life because she really lives this life. Um, she's a really good example for everybody <laughs> everywhere, any age. And, I want people to be able to find you, Laura. So, you know, Laura has this amazing website and I, and I want people to go to your website because that, that way they can find everything else like your Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. But what's your website, Laura? Where can we direct people to get your recipes and your tips and your videos? Well, thank you for that. And it is a work in progress. So I am updating, but uh, laurahartungrd.com. Pretty easy. And I'll right. put a link to that. My goal really is to continue to just inspire those, uh, really to, to ignite a desire in others to practice healthier behaviors and to feel better. Because some people have no, they have no idea how good they can feel because they never felt good. And you know, and I just want to say one thing, like, you know, this diet industry, I mean, we spend $60 billion annually wait on everything from, right. you know, uh, gym memberships. I mean, gym memberships are good, but not if you don't use it, but uh, weight right. loss programs, drinking diet sodas, all these supplements, this, that, and you know what? 
these diets, they come and go and, 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 and they're fads. And the thing is, if we could just, if people would just eat, I don't know what it is. It's like this mentality. Yes, people do. It's novelty. They want something new. They have a, a, a short attention span. But you know what? Someday I am going to have a jungle boot camp three months. Yes. Come to the big island because it changed the way I lived. And we're going to eat sustainably. We're going to work hard. We're going to move at least 10,000 steps a day. We're going to do meditation, yoga. We're going to be one with the aina, with the earth. You know, that's what it's about. And people will change their habits. If three months, you it, it's not a diet, people. A way of life. And I It's just, a way you know, of life. Oh. And I know people are going to want to learn more from you. So, what, Laura, what programs or services are you currently offering? Well, I, right now I'm back to doing uh, webinars for companies. A lot of companies in Boston actually have called me back because they're still virtual, this pandemic. Right, that's and great. Just, so I'm doing wellness webinars for companies and I'm doing uh, virtual live cooking demos. And I just did a, a demo on the modern day charcuterie board. And it's oh. not your, it's not your meat full of, uh, you know, it's not a security board full of meat and cheese, but dips and beans and greens, beans, greens, uh, grains and nuts. That's like what the people in the blue zone eat and thrive on. But that's what I'm working on now. And I'm also working on a online 12 week transformation. It's, it's to help people transform their lives through fitness, food and fun, because that. Those are those are three of life's greatest pleasures to me. Yeah. And and I'm excited for everyone to connect with you. So again, laurahartungrd.com. I will put her website in the show notes. And Laura, I this obviously is not the last time I'm going to talk to you. We talk all the time. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to share your your adventures and your information with our audience and you know, stay tuned for more. I hope you go have a wonderful dinner and I look forward to talking to you soon. Well, and you know what? Congratulations to you and all your accomplishments too, Nikki. Uh, Nicole, I remember back in the day when, you know, I first met you and you really, this has come full circle. So, you know, you won the Emerging Dietitian um, in 20, what, the Emerge, what is that word that you won? Emerging your- Dietetic Leader and. I felt like I had to do some some more with that. Um, that's one yeah. of the reasons why I started this podcast because I I kept not having enough time to reach as many people as I wanted to, and nobody really knows where to go for legitimate health information. And I I I wanted to create a place where people could go and listen to professionals and get real time advice. Um, you know, like like you gave us today. And so I want to thank you for contributing your real-time professional educational advice because you're always up to date. I learn a lot from you all the time Mm -hmm. and we're going to keep learning from each other and we're going to keep growing and that's right. Stay connected and, you know, connect with Laura and ask more questions for Laura's next, um, session next episode and have a great night you too thank you All Nicole. Right. bye talk bye. to you soon bye bye take care everyone <laughs>